1: Welcome, everyone, to the Streakers podcast. We are the ones that got away. I am Mason Miglier. That is Patrick Previty. I hope everyone is having themselves a fantastic uh, start to their week. For us, I guess it's the middle of the week. It's uh it's Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, we just started school back up. So, yeah, Patrick, how have your classes gone so far? You've probably had two days' worth of it. Pretty good.
0: Pretty good. Syllabus so week, always pretty easy. National championship game. Uh, coming back to school, not a bad way to uh, spend the first Monday this of the semester. True. So, a lot of good football coming up too
1: yeah That's I mean easy. I guess I guess we could kind of start off with that with the with the college football update um, there's not much of an update it's the season's over now uh, Michigan ended up winning beating Washington what was the score 31
0: 13
1: 34 13 34 13 okay yeah uh, as you said the the score definitely does not resemble how close that game really was but from what I saw, uh, I watched probably the last the last quarter of the game. Um, it was pretty close all the way up until then. Michigan was really just pounding that run game, man. Uh, Blake Cor- Cornum, that's his name, right? Blake Blake Corum, Corum Corum. Uh, yeah, he was a monster on the ground. I mean, JJ McCarthy really didn't have much going on through the air, but it didn't matter because that Blake Corum guy, he was just going crazy. So. Yeah, and Don-
0: and, yeah, I was going to say, and Donovan Edwards, he only he took a step back this year. He only had like 300 uh, yards rushing, I believe, ish on the ground uh, for the season. And uh, he busted out, I thought, two uh, long runs, maybe both for touchdowns. Um, can't really remember off the top of my head, but he played really well. That Washington just had no answer um, rushing. And then Michigan's defensive line. Just absolutely inserted themselves in the game. I mean, they got after Penix. Penix had this one throw where he was trying to hit a guy um, across the middle, or like he was kind of crossing the middle of the field, and he threw the ball and ended up behind the other guy. And he tr- he like tried to dodge one of the defenders, and it just it just looked really bad, just because he was trying not to take a hit because that that Michigan D line had been swarming him all game, and he missed uh, missed a pretty much a gimme. Across the middle. Piticks could have played better. Um, you know, he had two he had two picks. One was a really good play um by the defender, and then the other one was the was the dagger, the game sealer. So, you know, I'm not really gonna fault him too much on those turnovers, but I think at the end of the day, those definitely made a difference. It was 10 points off of turnovers for the Wolverines. And yeah. and the offense, truthfully, like it they had those long runs in the first half, but they had nothing for like a good chunk of that game, that offense. Now, look, they, they can move the ball. They, they could run. But like they converted, I believe, one first down the entire game. Mm-hmm. They – I'd have to actually – I'll check that real quick. But like they were very bad on third down. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, did I say converted one first down? I meant converted one third down. But, yeah, they converted one third down the entire game. And so if you force them into that situation or maybe an obvious passing situation – Washington was able to get them off the field. And then also Michigan had kind of a blunder where they ran the ball on fourth down with seven minutes to go, I believe in the first half. And that was like, that gave Washington the ball back. And I believe Washington scored near the end of the half um, to like kind of totally switch momentum. Like it was 10 to 17 at halftime, but with Michigan, with Washington getting the ball back, there was a lot of momentum. Cause, cause Michigan had kind of gone cold for a minute there in that first half Um, but I think my, my overall viewpoint was right. I thought Washington did hang on the field, but for the most part, they didn't hang with, with Michigan's D line. I felt like their O line and the run game and the physicality of Michigan took over and Penix could only do so much, you know, he missed, um, he missed a guy on fourth down really early in the game. That was probably pretty crucial. The guy was wide open. That would have been a house call. I mean, maybe this game is a little different and got out of hand late, but for the most part, it's what I thought it was going to be. And that Michigan just dominated in the areas that like they were more physical in, and that ended yeah. up with the difference.
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, you already pretty much said it all, but for me, watch, watching uh Michael Penix, it was just the, the he had a great regular season, great uh game against Texas as well. But then going up against this uh, outstanding Michigan team, I mean, it was just, it, it was really difficult and it was hard to watch watching someone who had been a Heisman candidate all year and just end up kind of falling flat in his face a little bit. There were his O line didn't help him whatsoever uh, either. Like he was being rushed the entire game. And once your timing is off, then it's just like, you know, you're kind of shit out of luck there. So it, it is what it is that I think the better team did end up winning this game. Um, but I don't think this is anything for Penix or Washington to kind of hang their heads on. I, I think that they're just fine as a program. And I also think that uh, Michael Penix, he's he probably lost a little bit of money with this game. Uh, it just kind of showed that like, maybe he isn't that top uh, quarterback that he was throughout the regular season going up against a top team like Michigan. But um, Yeah. So we'll have to see
0: I d- what happens. I, I definitely agree. I definitely think Penix may have lost a little bit of money. I think he'll be a clear third um, mm-hmm. because in part because of this game, I mean, I don't know how much one game will change. He has such a great body of work, uh, especially this season. Uh, Heisman finalist, all that good stuff. Like he was a very good player for Washington this year. I mean, they had a 20, they had the longest win streak after Georgia's was snapped against Alabama. They they won 21 straight games or something like that. Penix was great. He'll be drafted in the first round. I, I think when I see him, you know, He's twenty-four right now or is he twenty-three? I I'd have to check. Um, he's he is one of the older, um, a part of that older class of mm-hmm. player that's has been declaring as of late because of the extra year of COVID, uh, or extra year of eligibility that COVID gave. Um, mm-hmm. but he looked like NFL quarterback, but I definitely think expectations are tempered now because you saw what like it could look like in the NFL. I hate to be so dramatic about one game, but there was definitely some points there. Specifically, like I mentioned, that one mess across the middle where he tried to not get hit—that scares me. That scares me. Yeah. But uh, you know, they were after him the entire game, so some stock I'll put into it, but not too much. Um, but another thing from this game that I was also really interested in was Jim Harbaugh's entire legacy now at Michigan is cemented. I believe he's got a forty-three and three record or a forty and three record against big 10 teams hasn't lost to Ohio state in the last handful of years. That was his big thing. And then now he's had three straight playoff appearances and now he's won a national title. There's a lot going around, especially with the coaches getting fired um, as of late uh, in the NFL about him coming back. Um, What do you think about that? A lot of people think it's kind of the next challenge or he's returning to the NFL because there's work still to be done.
1: It's been so. It, it's been a long time since he's been in the NFL, and the NFL has changed since he's been gone. Um, I think that he's better off just uh, staying at Michigan. I think that's where he's going to be most successful. And with everything that kind of happened this year, uh, I think he has to kind of right that wrong, if you know what I mean. Um, I, there's been plenty of conversation. Uh, that you know the three-game suspension wasn't enough, and that was just a very minor penalty for everything that they kind of went through. Uh, so I think that he need he should go back to Michigan and stay there. I think what the the contract that was on the table is like ten years or something. I have no idea what the money was uh, for Michigan, but I I mean could he get better money in the NFL? I'm sure. And if he was to go to a team like let's say the Chargers, I know that's one team that you think that he would probably. Go to that would be the only one that he would go to, I think. You were saying so, but in my opinion, I think he should stay at Michigan. He's been super successful there. Not that he wasn't successful in the NFL, but I, I think that this is just more his his zone. Let his brother do the stuff in the in the NFL with the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I think he's definitely shown that he could co- he could be one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. In all honesty, just because of the way that he has coached at other programs. Uh, prior to uh prior to going to the 49ers uh he coached a lot of good programs i believe stanford and i can't remember exactly who it was prior to that um i know that he coached another team and kind of turned them around um i think as far as a legacy standpoint yeah the uh the suspension and like the ongoing investigation might like draw him back in for a little bit more unfinished business, but I don't think so. I think this year has just been so dominant. I mean, they continued their dominance after everything happened, after firing the staffer, all of that um, hoopla that that occurred. I mean, they were good before and they were good after and they took care of business. So I think he he is content at at a certain extent um, with what he has done at Michigan. Now, like you said, it is definitely the Chargers uh, for me. That would be the only move um the NFL can match the money i got it used to not really be like that i almost felt like it used to be the college coaches were going to just get a bag they were just going to get a a heinous amount of money a terrible amount of power and they had all the things that they could control at their fingertips within that college town and they were kind of like mayor of the town a little bit um it's still it's still like that except now the nfl can give you a ton of money and or match the money Uh, because the coaching market is just like that, and depending on who you are, and Harbaugh would get that money. Um, And if you have a quarterback in this league, you'll win. We just saw a six-time Super Bowl winning head coach, Bill Belichick, just have a terrible last game against the Jets. which They won, I believe, but uh, you you hate to see it. If you don't have a quarterback, you can't succeed. So I don't see any of the other openings, which we'll get into, uh, being enticing at all. I would stay at Michigan until I saw an opening that was – us that was something like the chargers i think this year it's, the, it's just the chargers i wouldn't want to go to the titans commanders or the falcons there's too much unknown there i mean well, why yeah. wouldn't you want to be paired with a franchise quarterback
1: yeah no I, it makes sense to just go to a franchise quarterback guy that and the only one really that there is would be uh herbert out in la so but i guess we can move into those coaches that were fired we'll start with arthur smith uh this one to me, I don't know. He's been seven and ten the last three years. Like that's not winning football. Granted, he hasn't had a quarterback. He had Desmond Ritter, Heineke this past year. Then the year before it was Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. And then who was it for his first year? Was that like Matt Ryan's last year in um in Atlanta? Maybe.
0: But oh, may uh, that may he may have been in Indianapolis by that point.
1: Yeah. He might've been. So uh, who even knows who his quarterback was? So I don't know. I guess it's just time for a new voice out there in in Atlanta. Uh, He is a quirky guy and everything. So.
0: Yeah. I I think maybe that would have had something to do with it. The kind of quirks, like he's probably not the most popular individual as far as just like fan favorite or we're going to get behind this coach. They spent a lot of money on the defense uh, this year they did invest and I think when you look at some of the weapons that they have uh, for the most part you might think that this offense should be more creative or more explosive or something should pop should pop out um, but it doesn't really do that and I think maybe there's a little bit of frustration with Kyle Pitts you know you don't know what's going on with that so I think for the most part it may have been time for a new voice. I would just say that I wasn't surprised. I just was a little disappointed considering I saw a coach who I felt had potential. Um, But once again, when you don't have a quarterback, they truly did not have a quarterback this year. They were in the thick of a playoff race for a good chunk of this season. I know the NFC South is terrible record wise, especially, but they were in the thick of it the entire year and they were literally switching quarterbacks week by week yep towards the end and i think you have to tip your cap to any head coach when that is happening in today's nfl because that's usually a death sentence that's the only stuff that happens to uh to teams that end up in the top five draft picks where they're switching quarterbacks every other game so i think i have to give my tip my cap to that but yeah three straight seven and ten seasons you're gonna get booted nowadays yeah
1: i guess What's going to be enticing about that job? Like, they don't really have, like, a great draft pick because they were in the thick of it. I guess they went 7-10 and 10, or probably somewhere around 11-12 area uh, in the draft at this point. And then you got Robinson. You got Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Like, you got some good weapons on the offensive side, but it's just finding that quarterback. And could it be Penix? Like, is that the kind of area that he would be at? I don't know.
0: Maybe. I don't know if he would fall to that. They have the number eight overall pick oh, okay. in the draft, so that's not too That's not too bad. That yeah. might be right where you need to be to trade up. I don't know if Penn yep. is going to go past. You know, so these, these quarterbacks go off the board so quickly, and so much changes between now and the combine and then the draft. But yep. I could definitely see them. They have enough pieces where they could poss- possibly move up. They would yep. have to give up something, but I could see that. That could be what's yep. enticing about the job. Also, I feel like they're not really all that. They're not like poorly run. You know, the Commanders have new ownership and everything, um, so they're not in the badly run uh. No. Realm, but uh, some of the other jobs that are opening up are kind of yeah yeah they're not exactly the greatest ones. Specifically, right. like the Panthers one or even nope. the Chargers.
1: Yeah. Panthers, uh, I guess we can go there. We already kind of talked about it because this happened in the regular season with Frank Reich being gone. You have a second-year quarterback in in Bryce Young. Just overall, just a really, really not great team. Uh, Adam Thielen. I saw a post on X uh, a couple days ago. He kind of elaborated on what his thought process was, and he was like, "I I came here to be like a veteran voice." And hopefully we could get, we could have gotten like a playoff spot, but I don't know what he was thinking with that. Like, come on, dude, you know that you weren't getting a playoff spot. And now he's like, I'm not getting any, any younger. Uh, It's kind of like super bowl or bust for me. So he could be someone that's going to get traded this off season for uh, maybe draft asset, something like that. So I don't know that job out there. in Carolina is going to be, Carolina has got a long way to go. I think they're in for about five, six years of a rebuild, I think. Because mm, they're, yeah. not, they're not going to get a top coach. It's not going to happen. They're going to get some first-year guy, and it's going to take a couple of years for him to get acclimated to being a NFL head coach and all that stuff. So I just don't see anything really positive coming out of Carolina for the next couple of years.
0: I would say the most important thing with this – with in somebody right now is how they interview about Bryce Young uh like look I don't know if they're in a position because they get they don't have their their number one overall pick the Bears have it if they're in a position to give up on Bryce young just yet and I think it's so it's important to get an offensive guy and maybe you try to swing for the fences and get like the hottest new coach who m- might be you know up for jobs next year or the year after and you say we're gonna try to get him early you know um I think it's important that they get a coach that buys into Bryce Young. I think Frank Reich was, it turns out he was probably right. CJ Stroud is looking like the man. He's a rookie quarterback in the playoffs. That's almost unheard of for the most part. And, and I think, and he was right. But at the end of the day, you can't just keep saying that you, that you were right and the other person was wrong, you know, especially in hindsight and not invest in Bryce Young. So I think it's important that they get a coach that likes Bryce Young as a quarterback because for the most part this organization that would provide stability. this organization is not stable right now they, they could enter a very long rebuild. I mean, didn't their owner just throw a drink at somebody?
1: I was just about to say yeah their owner just doesn't he he's a whole crazy person in, in his in his own right so they're not really in a good spot from the ownership side of things. So who knows how it would be on the field. So they're just a whole mess that that job is not going to be very enticing. Maybe a job that could be a little bit enticing would be either like the Titans or the commander's job, because the Titans, you know, they're still young. I I think Derrick Henry is going to be gone, but they're going to be a young team. So uh, do you think they stick with Will Levis or do they go and draft another quarterback I, they're in a weird spot with that because like will levis isn't a top guy he wasn't a top guy really even coming out of into the draft that he was in what was it last year the year before yeah, yeah. last year so he wasn't like the top guy but he, he's serviceable i guess um and then with the commanders you know you got sam howell he showed out in some games and then just down to the end of down the stretch that team just was not very good at all um so do you think ron i'll I'll ask another question as well is ron rivera done in the nfl do you think
0: um i shoot would he go back and be a defensive coordinator i think it might be i think he's had health issues Mm -hmm. um i don't know how like what his drive is right now as far as like family and life and football like i don't know enough about his situation but i would say for the most part i don't think he will get rehired in this coaching carousel i don't think that that will happen yeah so then i think is he gonna have to wait and how many years would he have to wait and how many years would he would would want to wait i don't know if he would go back and be a d coordinator or what Um, so I think it might be it might be it for him, period, in the NFL. I think maybe a broadcasting position or something might be next up. Um, but I think for the most part, I don't really see it. But I think you you made a good comparison though, um, to both of those teams. I I think Will Levis, I think it was gonna get another shot for the year. And I think Sam Howell was on that way until this year just ended so poorly for that entire team. The commanders look like they're gonna be in the market for a free agent quarterback and and maybe the Titans are too. Um, but the commanders are probably, along with maybe even the Steelers, the leaders to get like a Russell Wilson type of guy. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Kirk and the Vikings and yep. what other moves those moves will trigger. Um, but Zach I think both Wilson. of them are pretty decent jobs.
1: Huh? I-, I said Zach Wilson could be an option for any of them. I- I- it's kind of like a I,
0: – No, I could see Zach Wilson. I mean, you, just a change of scenery, period. Yeah. and then Maybe just sitting behind Will Levis or something like that. I mean, I know yeah. it sounds ridiculous, but – you never know. Um, I think both of those could be good. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised about Mike Vrabel getting fired. Um, I believe they were 6-18 and 18 over the last 24 games or something like that. So that's poor that they were on a really bad streak. But um, I, I'm still – I was still surprised because I always just felt like Mike Vrabel was a part of that turnaround. The Titans have been very good for the last five or six years. I felt like he was very much a part of that. I mean, he could – he could uh, the whole Vrabel to the Patriots to replace – is is heating up
1: yeah yeah it's it's very possible and then who knows what'll happen with belichick that still has not been announced yet like there's nothing we could we're only speculating right now um but i think
0: resign or i think a resignation might be
1: yeah yeah i i don't think that that would be a parting ways i think it would be belichick being like yep i'm gonna resign from this head coach position and then i could see him going out to la and being with justin herbert and that could just be a match made in heaven, for all we know, or it could be a match made in hell. We yeah. have no idea. It could go either way, honestly. And then I guess we've already talked about McDaniel's and Staley. We don't need to harp on Staley. I I think you're just like, screw this guy.
0: I'm guessing. I'm guessing he's gonna get another job somewhere, not as a head coach. He has to. He's too too smart, too talented. Um yeah. Maybe we see him again, a handful of years later. This is a guy who I definitely could see going back to his coordinator position and coming back. I will say, I will say that because Todd Bowles got a second job in the NFL and, and that's, that's a miracle in of itself. So Todd Bowles can do it. I, you know, Staley, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: for sure. Well, I guess we can, uh, we've kind of worked backwards here. Let's talk about week 18 and what kind of happened, but some of the bigger highlights, uh, Jameis Winston with that late call, uh, just absolutely putting the dagger into Arthur Smith and the Falcons, even though the, because they didn't make the playoffs, they were they were short because the Bucks won, and then the Packers also won, so that kind of knocked them out. But Jameis Winston just taking on the chest and be like, "Yeah, nope, that was us. We did that. We just overran, overruled uh, what coach said. They were on the one yard line after a pick, and you know, what would have been the difference if they would have scored on the pick? What's the difference from scoring on a little cube on, on a on a offensive play? Like, there's really not that much of a difference there. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Was it bush league or was it just like?
0: Oh, I just thought, I, I thought, like, it was weird. Like, because I do subscribe to the, like, look, I would take my my foot off the pedal at some point. um And that late in the game when you're in victory formation, I definitely think is kind of cheap. I would say if you're going to go for it, maybe just line up and do it. <laughs> Almost just, if you're going to give the middle finger, man, stick it out. Don't yeah. just hold it close to your body. But I, I think if I'm a Falcons fan, I'm probably – or maybe not a Falcons fan, but like a, a part of the Falcons, specifically like Arthur Smith. Look, he got fired on the bus. I mean, he was fired that day. Mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with saying something to Dennis Allen be like, what the hell's going on here, dude? Like, you called victory formation, then you ran a play to get your boy in the end zone. Like, what are we talking about? Like, come on, let's tighten up. Like, this game was yeah. over, and like, y'all didn't have to, y'all didn't have to do all that. Yeah. Um, now, as far as Dennis Allen is concerned, um, and apparently it obviously wasn't this call. Cause if James Winston called uh, a little bit of an audible and everybody wanted to do it, I think that that is, that concerns me that that team is so willing to just not run the play. Yep. I'm trying to think of truly how many like teams would have done that. And I think that that's disappointing for Jameis because not, I don't know if he would have gotten another NFL starting job, but like those things seem to come, those seem things seem to come around. Um, every so often in your career. Like, they definitely – I definitely could see him getting another shot. I just think it's disappointing because he just directly goes against his coach mm-hmm. and does kind of start a lot of unnecessary media attention.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know if you saw – I don't know if you saw what Ryan Tannehill said, but he was like, oh, I kind of knew about DeAndre Hopkins' incentives, and if they had called this play uh, at this time, I would have said – screw it and I would have thrown it to you uh saying DeAndre Hopkins he was like I have nothing to lose I'm not coming back and so that also just said that he's not going back to Tennessee so we'll have to see what happens there but I guess this is kind of along the same lines but Jameis Winston has all of this like kind of negative media attention that he's had in his whole life ever since he was at Florida State so it just kind of is like another thing on top of it whereas Ryan Tannehill you know, he's just like, oh, I'm looking out for my guy. I, I want him to get his money. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like your your past makes it look a lot worse than, uh, you know, than it might really be. But that is a a very like negative thing to have, where you just go against your coach and do something uh, on your own. But moving on to the next thing, the Buffalo Bills then did end up defeating the Miami Dolphins there in Miami on Sunday Night Football. That was a rough game to watch because honestly the Dolphins were in control for a majority of that game and then just that kick or that punt uh, return touchdown. That was like that was heartbreaking and then uh, that last play uh, for the Dolphins after Tyreek. I think he had gotten injured on a play before and he came out of the lineup and your number one was I believe Chase Claypool and he runs this route. And I I, I don't know. He just ran the route too deep. And then of what he does, he throws to spots. He doesn't throw to his receiver. He throws to a spot and he puts his wide receiver open. And Claypool just doesn't have that chemistry with him. And uh, this comes off of last week or the week before where he had a perfectly thrown ball right into his arms and he had two defenders on him, but the ball was thrown perfectly and he lands on the ground and he drops it. So now I'm just like, get this man out of here i don't give a shit about chase claypool he has screwed us now twice um but anyone that kind of blames tua for that it's just like you don't understand i don't think and in the moment i was upset and i was pissed but i've kind of watched some of the film and i've i've looked at some more diehard dolphin fans on uh twitter and they're all saying like listen it's not tua this was just a lack of chemistry between Tua and Claypool. And when there was no one else for him to throw to, I think it was like fourth and 13. That was the only receiver that he could have thrown the ball to. And that he makes that throw 10 out of 10 times, hundred out of a hundred times. So it was just unfortunate. And um, congrats to the bills for, for winning that uh, going down to Miami. Now we get to go up to absolutely freezing Kansas city where, you know, Tua just does not play well in the cold. So it's, It's a shitty time for a Dolphins fan, for sure.
0: Yeah, and y'all may have been in a lose-lose situation because I don't think I've really ever seen this before. Maybe like once before where like if a certain team won, they got a chance to go play another team like the Bills, Mm -hmm. like the following week.
1: Yeah, and it would have been in the same position. It would have been at home. It would have – it just – it was unfortunate. I was not happy about it because that all stems from the Jaguars losing to the Titans. If the Jaguars didn't lose to the Titans – the Dolphins had a chance to knock the Bills out and the Bills were playing for their lives. But that didn't end up happening because the Jaguars ended up losing. So the Bills were kind of just playing like, okay, we're in the playoffs, so it's just kind of, are we going to be at home or are we going to play here again? So it was kind of like for them, like, whatever. But it should have been the same for the Dolphins being like, yeah, whatever. So, I don't know. What were your thoughts on the the Jaguars losing their game? And basically... (laughs) Losing out on the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I definitely think next year now makes it like a make or break year, unless like Trevor Lawrence did not take that leap that everybody thought. Like I Mm -hmm. dark horse MVP, like, but it had been like that for a while, and he dealt with some pretty bad injuries like towards the end of the season last year. But for the most part, it was just, um, just inconsistency and just disappointment, especially against the division opponents that they had the entire year. So I think for the most part, Doug Peterson. (laughs) One more year, they better make the playoffs and they need to win that division, I think, yeah. um, for for them to bring him back. And then I think you start to really look at, I think Trevor Lawrence is is your guy still, um, but he needs to stay healthy and you need to surround him with with a good offensive line and keep him safe. And you give him one more coach, I think, after that. That's thinking way out ahead. You know, there was a lot of Trevor Lawrence slander. It's weird. Trevor Lawrence is getting like, he his like media like attention comes in comes in spurts at one point it's showered with media attention for his because he's good and then another one is showering him with the bad and it's probably his stock is a little bit lower than it was last year last off season um but i still think it it's intact i thought it was, i was really disappointed but i got to be honest i wasn't surprised that they lost to the titans
1: uh, yeah like All they had this really- they were in the
0: same position last year where they almost lost. I mean they barely pulled it off and then they had a huge comeback against the Chargers. It, you start to think about last year uh, a little differently after this entire season went down. You you become more like oh maybe they there was a little bit more of like that individual you know week to week thing going on last year rather than this is indicative of how good this team is.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. It- It was a very disappointing season, I think, and it just ended in probably the worst possible scenario where they don't even make the playoffs, let alone like they didn't win their division, but they couldn't even get into the playoffs. So, But the team that did make the playoffs because of this and that won their division was the Houston Texans, man, with that win over the Colts in Indianapolis, that was huge. Uh CJ Stroud played great. Nico Collins had, I think, nine catches, 120, 100 somewhere around there. I don't know. Well over hundred yards and a touchdown. What do you think the Texans kind of ceiling is? Do you think they can beat the Browns uh in, in this first round?
0: I think they can beat the Browns. I don't think that they will. Um Okay. I think that the Browns are are a very good football team. Amari Cooper, I believe, is a go for Saturday. Um I just I just love what I'm seeing from the Browns right now. I think they're playing inspired football. They're gonna be um they're gonna be very excited. They're gonna be on the road, though. So that's a plus for the Texans. That's good. Yep. At least they get a home playoff game. But I think for the most part, that defense is too good. And CJ Stroud is really good, but the playoffs are always a little bit different. There is a bit of a learning curve, and I just don't know if the Texans have enough to beat the Browns, which kinds of just sounds absurd. The Texans and the Browns in the playoffs playing yeah um i will say next year though texans are going to be a lot of people's hot pick because everybody's going to think that cj stroud is going to take that next step and i think a lot of people are going to choose the texans to make it as far as potentially the uh afc championship game
1: so crazy you they're gonna have a tough schedule because they're a first place team they're gonna have a very tough schedule.
0: I think if CJ Stroud can take that leap, I think for the most part that the rest of that team will just kind of follow suit. I mean, they got another year of draft picks, draft yep. capital to try to help. I mean, they'll probably make try to make some sort of splash in free agency. I think people will want to go play with CJ Stroud. Got I, uh, I believe that that receiving core was banged up as the season went on. They can be healthy um, at the start of next year. I think the Texas sure. are a good football team. I'm not, I'm not like putting all my eggs in that basket for next year. Certainly not. I just know that they're going to be a lot of people's hot pick. And yeah, i but yeah. I'm not picking them this week, though. I got the Browns.
1: You got the Browns?
0: Yeah. I think uh, Joe Flacco lives and sees another day.
1: Yeah. Joe Flacco living to see another day and potentially going to play the Ravens. That would be a storyline of all storylines, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know who I'm going to go with yet. I haven't made that decision. I need to I need to think about it a little bit longer. But uh, a team that we will talk about real quick is your Buccaneers. They end up winning their division, and uh, they took a nice little nine nothing victory over the Panthers. Poor Baker Mayfield, he was hurt pretty much that whole game. He was he was battling through that game. I don't know, like his ribs were just not doing it for him. I think he was uh, like limping off the field. After every possession um but they were able to to you know get themselves through and they're going to be hosting the eagles here this week on monday so what are your thoughts on that
0: yeah so they played the eagles earlier this season and that game was not close i believe it was like it was really rainy in that game and i don't believe the bucks put up any points the only thing that they have going for them right now is baker gets an extra day of rest because they play on monday night and he just needs to be healthy and the Eagles probably had worst case scenario happen this past week, where like Jalen Hurts gets an ugly dislocation on his on his middle finger on his throwing hand, um, and like two or three other players uh, get hurt, and they lose the game, and so they're not they're not home. They go play the Bucks, and yeah. for the most part, I think losing that game and the division is a real letdown. I think that they're coming in with zero momentum. Mm-hmm. But with all that being said, I, I think that that's where it stops. And I think the Eagles will wake up and they'll, they'll come in and they'll, they'll beat the bucks. But I will say my new year's resolution was to not bet, not bet against the, the bucks or not say that they're going to lose or not, you know, it's been, working, my team. Though.
1: It's been working for you. Every time I yeah. go against them, they win.
0: Uh, yeah. So uh, you're right. Every time I go against them, they win that's funny i just i just don't see it man i mean we only were able to put up nine points against the panthers that was rough i think we don't have a strong enough run game to even really compete against the eagles unless mike evans and chris godwin look sharp and mike evans had a drop uh, last week that was pretty crucial we probably would have put up more points than nine I mean, probably should have more points than nine um, yeah. but antoine winfield maybe he's playing some inspired football he saved that game against the panthers he uh, tackled, um, I forgot which receiver it was, um, very, very close to uh, scoring uh, down the left sideline and uh, obviously forced the fumble and he fumbled out of bounds. Mm. Uh, so that was amazing. Well, the Bucks recovered it um, and that saved the touchdown. So maybe he's playing some inspired football. Maybe he can make a couple plays, show everybody that he should have been the pro bowler.
1: <laughs>
0: I think I think for the most part, we just don't have enough firepower to really beat the Eagles. Um, But if we, if we had played, maybe, maybe not the Cowboys, but who knows Cowboys going on the road are you know, terrible, terrible. Uh, But if we had played the lions, I could have seen us beating the lions or something like that. But that was obviously a division winner. So I I would say maybe I could, I could even see the Rams. I think the Rams are so up and down uh, this year, even though they're, they're playing well, I don't know how much I'm buying into the Rams, but true true I don't know. I think the Eagles are a tough draw, especially since we played them earlier. I, I still, my, my, Heart says Bucks, but my brain says Eagles.
1: That's fair. Yeah, I, it it would be really hard to go against the Eagles in this game, just with their you know their playoff pedigree and everything that they went through last year, and uh, you know just the Bucks are really not. They're what nine and eight, I think they finished. So I, I don't know. It, it I I feel you. You know your heart says one thing, but your brain just is like mm, I don't think so. And I, I, you already mentioned the injuries there for uh, Jalen Hurts. I actually didn't see it. I was out with uh, some family before I had to come back home, so I didn't see what happened with him. But I did see what happened with Sam Laporta. Uh, Do we know what the injury ended up being? Was it just like a hyperextension, or did he tear something? No, I believe
0: he just he just hyperextended his knee.
1: Okay, yeah. it looked pretty rough, and he like he had to be helped off. He had to be carted back to the to the locker room. Like that definitely sucked, and it, in a meaningless game for the most part. So. But that's the risk that you take with these types of games uh, when you play your starters and, you know, you just want to try and get everybody in, make sure there's no rust uh, going into the playoffs and everything. So it, it's a catch 22. and We talked about it last time. Like, you know, you just never know what you're going to. It's the risk that you take by playing these guys. And uh, yeah, so. I don't know. We shall see what happens, but I think the Lions will be just fine. Who are they playing? They're playing the, the, Rams. the, the Rams. I don't the know if they're
0: going to be just fine. Actually, I know I said I'm not really? buying. I, I know I said I'm not buying into the Rams too much. Um, I think that this is actually where it stops. Uh,
1: really, Alliance.
0: Yeah, I I think I. You know what? We might as well just get straight into picking these games. Honestly, no, let's go. Let's yeah, do it. Um, I think. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams against the Lions. This feels like a terrible homecoming for Matt Stafford, that he's got to play the Lions in their first playoff game in a while. And this is their best team in a while. I think this Lions team is probably even better than the Lions teams, any of the Lions teams, perhaps, that Matt Stafford was on. Um, It sucks, but I think the Rams, like I said, it's been a roller coaster, but right now they're at the good part. And uh, they're at the the top of the roller coaster, the high part. And uh, I don't really see them going down just yet. Um, I think they got too much. I think they just have too too many weapons. They can throw the ball a lot. I think that this will be a shootout, um, mm-hmm. type of game. I think so too. But I think, I mean, give me Sean McVay. I mean, maybe Dan Campbell's going to have to draw up some great fake punts. I think really? for the Lions to win. I mean, he's yeah. I think. He, I mean, I think we'll have like one. I think we're. I think we'll have one fake punt. I maybe book that. Okay, that's my lock of the week. Over. Over half a fake a punt. A fake punt for the Lions. That yeah. that would be
1: crazy. Yeah, that, at least one fake punt. So you think that the Lions are going to go with that same, like, super aggressive um mentality that they've had all season? I don't think that they should go with that. I think they should play it safe, and they just take the points that are there for them. Uh, I don't think they need to keep going for it on fourth down in their own territory, unless obviously they're losing, like, late in the game. But, like, don't risk it too early. just Just take what they're giving you. And I think that the Lions will end up winning this game. I really like this Lions team a lot. Um, and you already made your pick for the Browns and the Texans. You said that the Browns are going to win. I'm probably going to go with the Texans. I like them at home. I like CJ Stroud. I know that Browns defense is outstanding. But um, I, I I, don't know. I just don't know if Joe Flacco is going to be able to uh, to do it. I don't think he's going to be able to. I, it's just like that gut feeling. Um, but wasn't it, was it against – the texans that uh amari cooper had that 200 plus yard game or it might not have been oh it wasn't it, the
0: no actually it may have been actually i'd have Is to it? check
1: i'm not 100 that'd percent. Be, that'd be a great
0: point what a what a game to have that against yeah uh, right yeah or what a team to have that against that would yeah, yeah they played the texans a few weeks ago they won thirty six twenty two. 22 um CJ Stroud did not play, but Davis Mills did play. He didn't play like garbage either. And yeah, Amari Cooper set the franchise record for 265 okay. yards receiving.
1: Okay. So this anyway. is a game without so they already played, went, but it wasn't with that C. game C. was not
0: close, by the way. It was 36-7 no. till the very end. Yeah. And it ended up
1: 36-22. Hmm. I'm I'm still gonna go with the Texans. I, I think that they're running they're on a high right now, and I think they're gonna continue that momentum. Sucks um, that
0: both those teams have to play each other in the first week. I think a lot of people would love to see both those teams make a run, but
1: yeah, for sure. Maybe the
0: best man win.
1: We shall see. And then two teams that the dolphins were expected to make this huge run, but who knows now what's going to happen in the chiefs. You know, they were super bowl champs last year. So uh, they're expected to go on a run as well, but they face off against each other in the, in this uh, wild card round. Obviously. Uh, no, I'm not going to go. Obviously. I, I don't know. I want to go with the dolphins. I really, really do. Um, if Raheem Mostert's back, if um, Jalen Waddle is back, I think that they have a really good shot. McDaniel just needs to... Do you know how many times they ran the ball in the second half of the game when they were winning? Do you I know? don't believe it was a lot. This is the number of times in the second half of the game that they ran the ball. Three times. When in the first half they had um, A-chan and jeff wilson running for an average i think of like five or to six yards per carry and he just completely abandoned it and just kept throwing the ball i don't understand this is the thing that mike mcdaniel does when he gets in the lead you know you would expect them to run so they can run out the clock no he throws the ball because he thinks that we just got to get that that last that nail in the coffin that dagger which i respect it but when it doesn't work i mean this this offense is still really good on the ground. That this line has been really good, even though they've gone through I think twelve different guys. So as long if the Dolphins run the ball, and they give the ball to Raheem Mostert, who led the league in touchdowns, uh, or broke the the record for the Dolphins with touchdowns, I think that they have a good shot. They were close in Germany. I know it's going to be absolutely freezing, but I think that we just we rely on the run game with how cold it's going to be. I just I think that's going to be the recipe for it. So if they run the ball, the Dolphins will win the game. I, I will stand on that if they run the ball enough. But if they I don't, saw, if they start throwing, then Chiefs.
0: I saw a pretty bad stat the other day about just the Dolphins and their offensive success against some of these good teams. And I just think it was too much. too Too much of a sign for me to pick them, especially in the cold. But I will say, I will say if they were home, Or if this was in a dome, I really, really do think I would pick the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. But if it's since it's cold and I'm already doubting this team's offensive ability against good playoff teams, I can't go any further. Uh, Unfortunately, I have to see it. And considering it's against the Super Bowl defending champions and Patrick Mahomes, that makes it even tougher. But I will say I totally see where you're coming from. And I could see the Dolphins winning this game. Both of these teams were primed to make a run. Dolphins were primed to be the one seed at a certain point this year. No. It's not like that right now, and I don't think that the Chiefs are peaking whatsoever. Yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I This I do think that this is truly a coin toss. I think this weather is a huge factor, though. Way, way more of a wild card than maybe people are even saying. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. going to be cold. This is going to be one of the coldest playoff games that we've had in the last handful of years.
1: Do you think a lot of people are going to buy Peacock to watch this game? Just random.
0: I no, I don't actually. No, I. That's a great question. I don't. Uh, I think that this shoot. This is a great game to put on Peacock. You're right for this yeah. for the site. I think a lot of people are going to stream it. But you know what? Yeah. We'll have to see because everybody's all talk until. The, the game rolls around and it's like twenty minutes before and you're like yeah like why why not hey they got the office sure yeah, uh, yeah. you know or, I, I don't mind or um, it, it's kind, it's kind of an, it's kind of crazy how things are moving the stream the streaming services are kind of in a similar spot but yeah
1: yeah or you can just go to your local uh bar and probably they'll have it up on there for you so we'll have mm-hmm. to see what happens I know that I have to watch this game whether it's streaming it or going out to a bar we'll have to see but I'm very excited for it, but also extremely nervous because I just want the Dolphins to win a playoff game, man. Um, and then on Sunday, we got the Steelers and the Bills. We haven't really talked much about this game uh, or you know the teams involved with it. I think this is kind of a shoe in for the Bills, especially with T.J. Watt out on the Steelers' uh, side of things. I just don't see how the Steelers go into Buffalo and beat this team right now. I think it, this is the most obvious game of the of the playoffs this first week.
0: Yeah, we're we're in complete agreement. Uh, maybe this game would be a lot closer if Russell Wilson was on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but that's <laughs> not the case just yet. So, uh, I would take the Bills. I actually do think that this game could get ugly. Uh, if I'm being yeah. fully honest, I don't know how the uh, I don't know how the Steelers could possibly keep up unless the Bills play down to their competition, which has happened more than a handful of times this year. But yeah. that's the only thing I could see.
1: Yeah, I, I fully agree. Is it Mason Rudolph that's going to start for them? It probably is, just because of how yeah. things went towards the end of the season. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're in agreement there. Uh, then the next game is going to be the Packers and the Cowboys. This is a very interesting game to me because uh, the Packers, they've they've been pretty good this year. Um, shocking, in my opinion. I didn't think they were going to be this good. But, you know, here they are in the playoffs. I think they're, what, the seven seed? Um, but I, I think that the Cowboys are going to win this game. I think Dak is going to show out. Uh, it's Again, it's in Dallas. So, it, I think it's a lot for the Packers to overcome, but uh, props to them. So I I have, they're going to be my shout out here at the end. So I'll I'll talk about that later, but what are your thoughts? Do you think Cowboys?
0: Yeah, I think uh, the Cowboys are home and I don't think anybody's going to beat them at home this year at the, at the very least, it won't be the Packers. Um, This Packers team is good. I think this is an accomplishment that they made the playoff Jordan love. You know what? Super impressive. When we did our division preview series, um said that anybody could win that division and that division was was a darn was pretty competitive it was a darn good division um outside of the bears <laughs> mm-hmm. um who i know they were disappointed that they weren't able to spoil the Packers' season but um i, I think that the accomplished are just too good they're in a different spot um i think that at least mccarthy coming back uh might ha- add some storylines and everything uh yeah. or facing his old team and I know the Packers with Aaron Rodgers had the Cowboys number for a few of those years, but I don't. It's a different era, a different time. I think Dak Prescott, as long as he limits the turnovers, doesn't give this young team um, too many opportunities. Uh, I think for the most part, the Cowboys should be fine. This might be the second, uh, the second lock of the week. I'd say the Cowboys.
1: Well, what about a third one with Monday night with the Bucks and the Eagles? I know you. I, did you already pick? Uh,
0: you I said. Did. I said I gotta go with the Eagles. Yeah, that's what, what my did. brain says.
1: Your brain says that, but your heart says, yeah.
0: My heart says Bucks.
1: Yeah. I I have to go the same way. I think I already said it. Uh, The Eagles. It's just the more logical pick. As much as I want to go with the Bucks and uh, Mr. Baker Mayfield, I just don't see that happening. I think it's too tough of a game for them to kind of uh, overcome. Even though it's going to be in Tampa, I think that's a nice little benefit for them. But didn't the Eagles go down there earlier in the year and they beat them? Yeah. 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 So. It's already happened once this year. I just – I don't the Eagles
0: may have been The Eagles may have been at home that, that game, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. yeah, it still stands.
1: Yeah. Um. So, I guess we'll go into our shout-outs here now. Uh, my shout-out, I already talked about, going to be the Green Bay Packers. Um. I think that they are the youngest team in NFL history to make it to the playoffs. So, they also have zero Pro Bowlers, I believe. Um. So, you know, props to them and Matt LaFleur for – guiding them through this season, being the youngest playoff team in history, having no pro bowlers and still making it to the playoffs as a seven seed, like props to you guys. That's really, really good. And uh, let's see what they can do here in the playoffs. That They can pull off an upset against, uh, against the Cowboys.
0: Yeah. And shout out Jair Alexander, the biggest Packers fan ever. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that clip where he's behind the reporter and she I said, saw like, something. Yeah. She said he was like, Oh, the Packers fans are out tonight or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, great shout out also correction. Uh, the Eagles did go down to beat the bucks. Um, mm-hmm. they did go down to Tampa and beat the bucks, uh, at home. So that is another sign uh, that that team is going to be really good. Um, My shout-out is, again, I'm going to have to harp on this. Draymond Green considered retirement after suspension from Warriors, but Adam Silver talked him out of that. Isn't that one of the more crazy storylines that we have in the NBA? This whole, like – This whole Draymond Green scenario just continues to get worse. I never thought – I honestly thought things were done when he got all those technicals, kicked Steven Adams in the balls, punched LeBron James in the balls. I thought we were done, man. I really, truly thought that that would have been the turning point. That was like – that was eight years ago almost. Like, oh, it was probably like seven in like, what, seven months or something like that because that was right around the playoff time. Um, We weren't getting up on eight years ago that was. And now he's like, oh, like I can't assault people on the court. Well, I'm going to retire. And Adam Silver talked him out of it. Of course, Adam Silver did. So he's got that magic touch. I don't know what's up. But uh, that's our mention of the NBA. Uh, John Morant uh, out with a torn labrum, I believe, for the rest of the year. He's going to get surgery on that. That's super disappointing. As we were filming this, Kawhi Leonard signed an extension with the Clippers. uh, Unknown money and time, I believe. uh, And they're working on Paul George's, too. So that's pretty good. I think Kawhi Leonard will probably retire a Clipper. So that's interesting. A lot of fun stuff happening in the NBA. Uh, for sure. Now, an update on us, we will have an episode where we calculate all of our picks and for the regular season and we declare a winner. We will have our quarterback list review and predictions, final predictions for the NFL awards. I believe we did. We may have gone through some of them already uh, vaguely or we looked at them and we were like, I think we did that with the NBA and t- at a checkpoint, but I also thought we maybe discussed about MVP a little bit. Um, but now that everything's been wrapped up, I know um, that we talked to pro bowl and stuff like that uh, a few weeks ago, because that was decided after week 17, mm-hmm. but now that week 18 has concluded, we're going to go through all of that and that should be fun. That'll be its own episode. We'll do that at some point yep. during the playoffs. Um, and we'll and we'll see what happens with uh, with all that and how wrong we truly were Oops, in some of yeah, those yeah. cases. Should Not be interesting. Good. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess that would that's it. You know, that's that's been this episode. I am Patrick Previty, that's basically era. This is the Streakers podcast on Sports Social Network. We'll see you then.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.